Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. America. I am not a number. I am a free man. Wiggins America. The only thing I'm going to need from you guys right now is a cup of coffee. Wiggins. Today's global economy waits for no man. America. Today's global business climate is like whatever, dude. Politics is a dirty game. I'm not sure we want to play. There are forces here at work that you couldn't possibly understand. You have no idea how high up this goes. Welcome to Wiggins America. Diapers, babies, cause wiggy wigs riding dirty. Wiggins America. I can't seem to face up to the facts. I'm tense and nervous and I can't relax. I can't sleep cause my bed's on fire. America, so glad to be here. Let's talk about the mask mandates and the fact that they don't exist anymore. The last vestige of them is gone, that being in airlines. Well, for the most part, some of them have been a little reluctant. And I think it should be noted three airlines immediately. So the judge comes out on Monday from Florida, comes out and says, okay, the whole thing is gone. Had some great reasoning as to why that was the case, too. It wasn't just, I find this to be objectionable, which is, man, it's alarming how many court cases are just based on the feelings of the judge or the plaintiff or whoever's bringing it. This wasn't that. This was from the get-go, the CDC did not have the authority to institute this. Therefore, starting tomorrow, which was Tuesday, the whole thing goes away. Well, there were three airlines that immediately didn't even wait for Tuesday on Monday announced it's over. We're not enforcing them at all. And that should be noted because a lot of them will follow suit. I think some of them even have since then. But United Airlines and Delta and Alaska Airlines immediately said we're done with it. That's important. I think that should be lauded. So I'm mentioning them. A TSA, as far as I understand it, is not enforcing it at all, even in airports anymore. But what's amazing (laughs) is this is very unpopular. I did a little focus group study. I I looked at pictures, so lots of people, especially on Monday and really all week, I guess, people who hadn't flown uh, under normal circumstances for a long, long time, which I guess is everybody, we're posting, hey, here, here's what it looks like on a plane now. So they just take a picture of themselves on a plane. Some of them would take a big selfie of everybody on the plane, and a lot of people would be waving because everybody's excited about it. 
Well, I looked at some of those that had pictures of everybody on a plane and did just little focus groups of how many people chose to still wear a mask on the plane in those pictures. And the best one I could see that had about 25 people, not, not, I couldn't see all the faces. I just counted the ones that I could see their face. 25 people in one picture, four of them still wore a mask. Roughly 16% of that little focus group was happy to get rid of the mask mandate. Now, I don't know what that says politically. I'm going to take a wild guess and say the people that were wanting to get rid of them the most were probably pretty conservative. The ones that were not, that still were wearing them, were probably fairly far left. That's a very much a broad generalization because I don't know. But I would also guess that most of those people don't think about themselves as hardcore left or right. A lot of those people are just people, and they might have political opinions, but one of them was... I don't want to wear a mask on a plane anymore. That's a political opinion now. And 16%, according to that little focus group of people, chose to wear a mask, which means that 84% of people don't want to wear a mask anymore. Yet, the Biden administration is that powerful. They know it's not popular. So people who support it would say, Well, they're not power hungry. They're actually just that concerned about public health that they're willing to forego their own polling numbers. That's bull. They want to control people. Peter Ducey asked this question of Jen Psaki Tuesday, the day after the thing was lifted. And you say you continue to recommend that people wear masks. (laughs) Why is it that we can sit here in the White House briefing room with no masks, but people can't sit in an airplane cabin with no masks. Well, Peter, I'm not a doctor. You're not a doctor. That I'm aware of, if you're a doctor. I wasn't aware of that today, until today. Okay, not a doctor. Just making sure. I don't know. Um, Nor does he play one on TV. So it's the old Katanji Brown Jackson defense. (laughs) I'm not a biologist. I don't know what a woman is. In this case, deferring to the experts being doctors is not necessarily a terrible thing. But to point out the hypocrisy of it, you don't have to be a doctor to realize that a whole bunch of people sitting shoulder to shoulder in a room is no different than a whole bunch of people sitting shoulder to shoulder on a plane. In fact, you could make the argument that because of the air filters in planes, the air is actually cleaner than just sitting in any old room. So you don't have to be a doctor to figure that out. But that's the point is that they they want to just and, and here's here's how they do it. You know this. They can just find any doctor. Go find a random doctor or go find a whole bunch of doctors who support your already uh, presupposed position and then say, but doctors said it. I could do that with any, you could do that with anything. You could come up with any conclusion you want and then go find a handful of doctors to support it and say, but I'm not a doctor, but I've got experts who are supporting my position, even though you came to that position before you talked to the doctors. That is what's been happening for two years. It's probably been happening longer than that to make policy decisions. Somebody pointed out that the White House is saying, well, we don't want the courts to be making medical decisions for people, even though that is literally exactly what Roe versus Wade is, the court making a medical decision for somebody and that somebody being the baby. So I say all this simply because it's, first of all, it's in the news. It's a big deal. We're not going back there. We can debate it all you want. There might be areas, very deep blue cities, maybe even some states that will want mask mandates back. They want that control. 
It ain't going to happen. They might try, but the people are done with it. The way this thing happened the first time was that it was eased in through fear. Oh my gosh, we're all in this together. Everybody wash your hands. Everybody stay home for just a couple weeks. I think we can knock this thing out. Those were the experts, the doctors, those doctors that we keep referring to, those very, very smart people. I'm not a doctor, but the doctor said that if we just stayed home for two weeks, that the whole thing would go away. Ah, doggone it. It was a little bit longer than two weeks, but the doctor said a whole lot of things and they were always right otherwise. So I guess we could trust them. Again, I say all this simply because I'm wearing my emotions on the sleeve. It may sound like I'm just presenting to you facts and going over the last couple years of COVID, but really what I'm doing is I'm having a therapy session with you right now. So if you will indulge me, I have written a song to masks. I've written a song to mask mandates. And I want to share that song with you now, and I'm going to pick up my guitar here. This is me playing, and and this is, again, just something that I, I wrote this morning came to me in a dream, I guess you could say. Very inspired. Don't make fun of me. This is the best I can do to serenade, to say goodbye. It's a dirge for masks. I close my coming back. We will never allow it. You were never loved. There were some who loved you like people love their abusers. But those of us who knew, we knew, we knew you would never come back once you were gone. Now don't hang on. Nothing lasts forever but the earth and sky. Slips away. All your body won't light up
Thank you for letting me bear my soul. Wow, that's amazing. Wiggins, America. That is amazing. We share some deep state stuff a lot, but there's times that I just want to share my emotions. This is one of those times, and I, I hope that that came through. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. More Wiggins America coming up next. Wiggins America, I have like an idiot left basically no time for this segment. So I am going to just tell you what's about to happen. Don't go away because Don McClain is coming up next. I don't know if I've ever teased an interview as much as Don McClain. Is this even something you care about? The guy sang American Pie in 1964. And he, I think the thing I'm most impressed about is that he's still alive. I hope he's not listening right now. That is incredibly offensive. Don, I'm sorry. And to Don's people, I don't mean that negatively. I actually mean that as a compliment. You made a song in 1964, and you're still touring on it. That's that's all to come because he is still touring on it. It's actually very impressive. Again, could be a train wreck. Haven't prepared for the interview at all. Have no idea what I'm going to ask him. Hopefully he's good. If I have to carry it, it's going to suck. Stick around. That is coming up literally right next on Wiggins America and a whole bunch more. We do have some scripted pieces in the rearview mirror. If you missed those from last hour, go to 971talk.com or just type in Wiggins America into whatever search engine and the podcast will come up. I assume it's already up. Also, we just did a beautiful, beautiful rendition of Dust in the Wind. Uh, I shouldn't have said that. (laughs) I've been billing it all morning as my own original song. If you missed that, you should hear it. Rewind on the Odyssey app or get the podcast. That one's not up yet. Wait till the end of this hour. That one will be up. Wiggins America, more on the way with Don McClain. Wiggins America, this morning, I, I'm, I'm proud to introduce and happy that you could make some time for us. Don McClain, thanks for being here. Well, it's my pleasure. And we're, we're out touring around the country. And I'm sure that this broadcast will reach an area where I'm going to be. I hope the folks will come out and see the show. It will, yeah. Springfield, Missouri, uh, you're going to be there on May 20th. I was looking at all the things that you're doing. Gosh, you, you're you staying pretty busy, busier than I am anyway. You're doing a tour. I, I see that maybe you're working on a documentary about American Pie. Is all all this happening simultaneously? Well, the, the, um, the tour is ongoing <clears throat> for the next two years. The album, uh, a new album is coming out called American Boys which will be out in a few months, along with a box set. The documentary is going to be out in July, and there will be some teasers about that before it, and that's called The Day the Music Died, The Story of Don McLean's American Pie. And then there will be a children's book also called American Pie, A Fable. And that comes out very soon. (laughs) So... There are a lot of projects that have been in the works in the last two years, you know, in addition to putting up the um, the Time Life Don McLean YouTube channel, which I uploaded uh, 11 albums and 173 tracks 
immediately onto that channel. And these were 11 albums that had reverted to me that I own that I was so happy to be able to find a home for so that people can go there and, you know, get those songs. Don, the last couple of years, you know, you said your ongoing tour. Are people just waiting to get out? I mean, are you finding that people are <laughs> like, let's let's be done with COVID. Let's go to some shows. Yeah, I think people are really kind of a little bit trepidatious. You know, they're a little nervous. Um, you see them wearing their masks in the show, and then all of a sudden they come off and they're standing up and screaming. <laughs> but, you know, they... Um, there, there's a, there's a momentum forward now, um, which uh, is why they're not canceling shows. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, I mean, they don't know. You know, they'll sell a show out, but maybe twenty percent of the people won't show up because they get nervous about being in a crowd. You know, um, but uh, you know, they're, the 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 shows are going. The shows are happening. The cruises are happening. The one-nighters are happening. The stadium gigs are happening. You see the audiences back uh, for uh, athletic events. So, uh, God willing, um, you know, I think with these um, injections we've been taking and everything else, I think it's been modifying the severity of this whole thing uh, a little bit. Don McLean on the phone with us. I was looking up all kinds of stats on American Pie and just seeing that it's one of the top 20 songs ever made, top five songs of the 20th century. I I hesitate to ask how it's impacted your life because it seems like I don't know that you would have even known life without it at this point. But uh, do you think this is one of the most covered songs ever made also? No, it's not. And I Love You So was much more covered than American Pie ever was. Oh, yeah, okay. And I Love You So, oh, God, And I Love You So has dozens and dozens of cover versions from all, of all the, the pop songs, many country artists, all kinds of people. Uh, American Pie has very few covers because it's not easy to sing. Uh, Madonna covered it in a sort of a shortened version, but the group Home Free, which is an acapella group out of Nashville, they covered the whole song. They sang the whole song. (laughs) And it became the number one country video last year for eight weeks. So, um, you know, the thing about American Pie is it's, I I used to write very, I, I still do, write unusual songs about unusual subjects in unusual ways. Uh, Each song that I write is different. So I would encourage people to listen to the Addicted to Black album or the the, uh, Botanical Gardens album, which has some lovely songs on it. Um, You'll hear, again, a whole new variety of songs that I've written. Um, I don't live in a world now where the audience is receptive to the kind of music I make, such as it was back in the 1970s. But I don't think that Stones don't have any hits. Uh, Paul McCartney doesn't have any hits. You know, Bruce Springsteen doesn't even have any hits anymore. It's a different world now, and these guys are operating on their massive repertoires and their their histories as excellent performers. But, you know, a hit happens 
because you're in a zone where you're young, the audience is young, and usually I mean young, like under 25, hmm. and you, you speak to each other, you know, and that's how that happens. And once you lock in, then you carry that audience for life. Yeah, Don, I wanted to ask you about, you know, the state of <clears throat> music today, because it, it's, it is so different than it was even 10 years ago, 20 years ago. You go back 50 years, of course, very, very <sighs> different. I talk about music a lot here on Wiggins America um, and just criticizing the state of modern pop music. But what I, I fail to do really is criticize the state of modern rock music. I think it's almost there's less interesting stuff happening in rock today than there is in pop. What, what do you think about the state of modern music? Well, I mean, if you ever see a live show um, with some of these people like Taylor Swift or this other girl, Dua Lipa, you know, mm-hmm. and she's pretty hot, um, they work out. You know, they do a lot of exercise on stage. It's really a, like a visit to the gym. Um, so it's really a dance show with a lot of high-tech stuff. Um, the music today is from what I hear and I have a young girlfriend who listens to this stuff and she loves the group called Ghost which um, I think is quite an interesting group uh, as well but the thing is that it, it, it's more rhythm section than it is melody again it's all dance 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 that's what it's all about dancing and that started really in the 70s with um when disco came in, you know, and Chic and those kind of groups and Donna Summer and everything, um, everybody started, they went from listening to singer-songwriters and sort of the end of that 60s thing to dancing. And they've been dancing ever since. Um, You know, uh, rap music is dance music. Mm -hmm. So it's really what it is. People want to go and just jump up and down and let off energy and be mindless and happy and and have a, a ball, you know, and they want to go home and, and, and that's what they want. So that's what they get. They're not interested in going and hearing, you know, a, a hard rains are going to fall or some Phil Oak song. You know, they don't want that anymore. They want to have fun. Well, Don, just because I know you're on a schedule this morning, we'll try to stick to that. Uh, what can people expect when they come to your show in Springfield, May 20th? Fun. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so, too. Um, well, I like to have fun. You know, I do on stage, uh, but I also sing, you know, Empty Chairs and Vincent, Know My What a Shame, and some of these songs. Um, so it's a lot of colors, uh, a lot of energy. It's rock and roll for sure. And um, it covers many of the hits that I've had, Vincent, American Pie, Castles in the air, and I love you so, dreidel, if we try, wonderful baby, my version of crying since I don't have you, um, you know, records that have been on the charts, and, um, but new songs, we sing a good song called American Boys, invented rock and roll, so it, it really is a complete kind of thing, but it's loose, you know, it's not according to a schedule or a set list or anything. I actually really appreciate hearing that because I, I've, I've been to many shows where I, uh, I know that the artist 
is doing the same exact show as they did the night before and the night before, and there's no movement to it. So I, I love going to shows where there's a lot of interactivity, even if the set list stays the same, that there's a little bit of a back and forth between the audience and the artist. And, of course, you're a legend. You know, you're, you're never going to hear the yeah. same set, and you're never going to hear me say the same thing. Oh, good. I say different stuff every night. Yeah, you got to keep it fresh oh, for yourself, I would figure, too. So. Yeah, really. That's why a lot of performers end up being drug addicts and alcoholics because they bore themselves to death, you know, doing that same stupid show every night. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Well, that's a great plug for your show. Uh, Springfield, Missouri, May 20th. Don McLean, thanks for being here this morning. It's my pleasure. Whole cast is here, Roy, old Roy, and I got to put the old on there, and young Trisha, and myself right in the middle. Ryan in the middle. Um, hi, guys, first of all. And Hello. Not hi, Not as if we haven't in talked yet this show, but... Uh, hi, hi again. Hi. Um, I just... <laughs> let's do a postmortem on... Well, that's not the right way to put this. <laughs> huh? Let's, put, let's, let's talk about Don McClain. <laughs> As if he had passed? No, I don't. I, that's what I said. Or about the interview po- that just passed? Yeah, the interview <laughs> that just passed. Not, uh, not that he just passed. Although, man, wouldn't that be incredible? Did the last interview with Don McLean? I am not wishing death upon that man. I do not want to say that. But it'd be kind of cool if it was the last interview anybody did with Don McLean. If I had it, that's dark. I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm not gonna encourage. This. Okay, I'm not either. Especially because it's incriminating if something happens to John McClain. I agree. Although we weren't in the same room, clearly he was on the phone. It's not that I like could somehow shoot some sort of death sound through the phone to him. You could have deep faked it. That's true. Um, Don McLean was a better interview than I thought because I went into that not knowing anything other than that he wrote American Pie. And Roy told me that he had some other songs, which I was mm-hmm. not able to listen to, but that he brought up himself in the interview. <laughs> Oh, really? <laughs> so, I love how, how much research you put into this interview. You mm-hmm. couldn't even find time to listen to his three other songs. No, I know. Up. It's pathetic. It would have taken no reading. <laughs> you could have put them on as you were driving. Yes, I could have done a lot of things, but I, I felt as if going into this interview, I wanted to be where most other people are, not well-researched. Oh, a real man some, of the people. Yeah, I mm-hmm. wanted to be among the the crowd just to be a voice right there saying you know what i know who don mcclain is i've heard american pie basically i just know the weird out cover a little bit better than i know the original song <laughs> but that's where i'm at and i wanted to approach it like that Nailed so it. thank you yeah thank you um but i thought that interview was actually much better the one line though <laughs> that trisha you and i were talking about is that he snuck in there that he was dating a much younger woman well, we looked up that younger woman. What would you say she was? She's 24. 24. And he is 75? Mm, I think he's in his 60s. No, 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 no. no. He's got to be older. Now, now we got to look it up again. Okay, hold on. All right. I thought he was like 67. Ugh, I don't know. Let's find out. Uh, this is all stuff that we absolutely should have done. 100 <laughs> Before that interview. Before that. And that is on me. I'll say that. I should have known. Oh, how, he's 76. See? I, I was right. But you, were, you, you were see dyslexic. what I did there? You yeah. flipped the numbers. Yeah. But I yeah. said 75, so that's pretty close. He's 76 years old, mm-hmm. and his girlfriend is 24. 24, so. You're cool with that, 76 though. 76 minus 24 equals 52-year age gap. But you're fine with that, you said. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are you fine with that? I'm not dating a 76-year-old. 
I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, that Roy was... has standards. <laughs> he has lines, and he is not crossing them. Dude is on fire today. I <laughs> and you know if I'm saying it, it's true, because I am hard on Roy. You are a harsh critic. <laughs> well, anyway, if you missed the Don McLean interview and you want to hear it, you can rewind on the Odyssey app. You can get the podcast. We'll be uploading that here shortly. Uh, real quick question for you guys before we run out of time here. You seen all the stuff going on with Netflix this week? The stock price? Mm-hmm. Absolutely tanking, oh, yeah. and it's been tanking for a, a couple months. But it was what was the trigger for it, though? So they put out their, I guess their quarter one subscriber numbers, and they dropped by two hundred thousand, which is maybe the first time they've had a drop at all, let alone of two hundred thousand. A significant people. one, yeah. And then they also said, and <laughs> just so you know. We predict we're going to lose about 2 million more this quarter. That's a big deal. And it dropped like crazy big investors. I mean, there was some guy who had invested so much money in Netflix. He pulled out all of his money. He wasn't a well-known name, so I don't know who he was. Very, very wealthy. Pulled out all of his money out of Netflix right this week. Lost $430 million on it and was still willing to take that loss. That's Mm -hmm. how bad it's tanking. Then Elon Musk comes out and says... This was the quote, right? Did you did you pull it up? Yeah, uh, woke mind virus. Yeah, quote. woke mind virus that mm-hmm. is killing Netflix. I can't remember other than Cuties got a lot of attention because yeah. it was so gross. And man, that was before we were talking about all this like groomer stuff. But I, it's all context for the conversation we're having now. But Netflix is really struggling, and I wonder if if streaming in general has really kind of seen better days already because you used to have TV feeding all programming to streaming. TV is just dying. No, the streaming platforms are responsible for making it. I think Netflix is suffering from competition. Mm -hmm. So they're not, they need to step up and do better. They need to put out better programming. Is it fair to say that this is wokeness that's causing this though? I don't think so. I don't either. I, I would love for it to be. Uh, yeah, I don't but. think. I, I've seen nothing. I understand Disney Plus streaming platform having trouble for that reason right now. That's true. But I don't see the same thing for Netflix at this point in time. Yeah. I'm a little bit worried, side note, about how much power Elon Musk is having right now in controlling all of these companies and their welfare, basically. Well, yeah, I mean, just being so wealthy that you can say something and affect the stock price, because people are saying that it dropped further when he said that. Mm-hmm. It had already tanked pretty yeah, hard. Yeah, they weren't doing well. So I know that like a lot of people, if you're on the right, it's nice to kind of frame that up and say, well, it's wokeness, and then Elon Musk is on our side, and he said it, and then the stock price dropped. That's not really what happened. And that's why I asked the question about wokeness, because I don't think that's actually what's killing Netflix, unfortunately. But when the richest man in the world says that is what's killing your platform, I don't know. I guess we should probably pay attention to that. I I kind of think that it's a factor. I agree. It's, it's probably a lot of it's to do with competition because everybody's streaming now. But as the, the token old white guy on yeah, the show, what you are, I'm going to say thought that was me. What's that? What? Oh. Yeah. Um, People get those confused a lot. Yeah. That's actually Roy. Um, I think that plays a role. I mean, 
a lot of the content that they're producing, the original content, has a lot of things that a certain segment of the population finds, I, I wouldn't say offensive, but unnecessary. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a lot of that woke stuff is you you can't have a Netflix show without, without a, bit. a same-sex couple in it, um, like prominent and... Not that there's anything wrong with that, but but the the idea that there are people who got Netflix because it was a place, you know, they could give their kids the password and they could... They still have the kids setting on watch, there, but... They could watch yeah, shows and there's... It's just, it's not content that's, that's bad. It's just content that some people may feel is not appropriate. Well, they always and put they're it putting into it, everything. They're putting it into every show. Is that now. only Netflix, though? No, no, everybody's doing it. But but Netflix was the biggest, and they were the first kind of. And so they started their downfall started with the cuties thing, I think, and that was definitely, I think, a moral thing for a lot of people who were subscribers. And I think it's just they've doubled down on it. And I like I said, I don't think it's the main factor. But I think it does play a part in their losing subscribers. I can't think of a ton of programming that's just intended to be woke. It's mostly, it's a drama, it's a sci-fi, it's an action, and then there's elements in it that, that are woke. I mean, I'm thinking of, there's one that in particular that's called Dear White People, that I'm like, I've never watched the show, but it's clearly intended to be a preachy show. But other than a couple like that, most of them are just shows written by people who are pretty far left. And so leftist ideology makes it in there even when it's not the point of the show. But Trish is right. I don't think that's just Netflix. That's across the board. Have you guys noticed that HBO Max is really one of the only streamers, though, that will grab, I don't want to say conservative content. Like, they're not going to put up a Hunter Biden documentary. I wish they would. That'd be great. But <clears throat> they will do things with, like, Clint Eastwood. Mm-hmm. And it's it's directed at conservatives. I mean, they were even running whatever his recent movie was. I can't remember. Does anybody remember? They had a movie that came out at the end of last year. Uh, I don't know. The Mule was one of his or Cry Macho. Cry Macho. It was Cry Macho. Yeah, where he's taking a yeah a kid from Mexico back yes. home or something. Yeah, yeah. And I don't. I, I watched about a third of the movie, and I was so bored that I turned it off. So. I mean, I, I don't know if it was any good. Maybe somebody liked it. But <clears throat> the whole point of the movie was, at least from a marketing standpoint, to market to conservatives. I mean, they were running it on Sean Hannity. They're running it on everywhere, trying to say, look, conservatives, we have programming for you, too. I think that's great. Go go ahead. No, I, to your point, HBO tends to put out what they think are blockbusters. It's kind of your, like, if you're going to the movie theater, what you could get in the theater you're going to find on Max, but I've noticed actually the opposite on HBO as far as pandering to whatever month it is or whatever oh, the it's absolutely cause is yeah. or whatever the, you know, what's sticking their finger and up and like feeling which way yeah. the wind's blowing. And that's the original Max content is actually way more woke, in my opinion, than the Netflix Really? content. Yeah, if you go through and look at some of the HBO Max originals, you can't find anything that's just straight entertainment. There huh. is messaging in all of it. And I mean, I don't I skip that section and I use I love Max because you can get all of the Hollywood yeah. big names, but I would actually think the opposite that HBO Max is significantly more woke in I think that's a really streaming. good point 
the the fact that it's it's messaging over entertainment because i you know we scroll through sometimes hbo or netflix or amazon or whatever at original content and it's not that it's it's not so much that the content's offensive it's just that that sounds like they're trying to convince me of something rather mm-hmm. than just tell a good story which yeah. one would you as we close out here <clears throat> which one would you prefer would you prefer that a company, and it doesn't matter which streamer it is, but let's say it's just some random streamer that you have no affiliation with. Would you be more likely to stick by it and stick with it if they had they were doing like HBO Maxes every month? It's whatever History Month, and we're going to highlight women's voices and black voices and whichever LGBTQ voices every different month. They're they're basically pandering, but one of those was conservatives. They were actually gave conservatives a seat at the table, or would you prefer a model that? didn't really do didn't push anything so hard but they still were a little bit left of center like which one would you prefer i would prefer just make good content i don't Same. it doesn't need to have a theme or a uh you know a pandering element to it just tell good stories there's a lot of people who have good stories to tell unfortunately those aren't the ones getting made but I would I would prefer that. I don't want I don't want everybody to have a seat at the table. That's just 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 tell good stories. You don't want everybody to have a seat at the table. <laughs> I I want pull, one pull chair that. mine. <laughs> I no, I'm with Roy to that point. I don't care what messaging or agenda you're trying to push within reason as just make good stuff for me to watch. I will spend my money with you if you're making entertainment that I care to consume. Well, I can't argue with that. I will disagree with you guys though and say that if you just go with let's make good entertainment, it's going to end up being woke. So I would rather see somebody deliberately say, let's try to target conservatives to at least allow them to be there. Because otherwise, I don't think you'd have any conservative content, which is kind of where we're at now. So, all right, that's enough for today. We are out of time. Wiggins America, you can get the podcast, 971talk.com. Odyssey, you can rewind and listen to our fantastic interview with Don McClain or any of the content for the last two hours. Thanks for being here. Get more at 971talk.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.